It is so good to be back with you friends for another episode of Beyond the Moment. I'm curious, what was the last thing that you tried to change? Or how many of you have set out to make changes in your life only to have those changes or new habits start to wear off after a few weeks or so? Change can be hard, but there are some ways that you can more easily adapt to change and change is possible. That's what Becca and I talk about in today's episode. How do we change and how do we create that lasting change and transformation in our lives? As always, we are so glad that you're here with us, friends. This is Beyond the Moment. Hi, friends. I'm Rebecca Lindhout. And I'm Amanda Martinson. And welcome to another episode of Beyond the Moment. Do you know like this is riding a bike? Because... (laughs) like we don't do it for a while and then we hop on here to do it and then every single time we're like and how do we do this intro again yeah it's yeah riding a bike or like changing a diaper after you haven't had to do it a while you know and you don't have those defenses still up and you're like oh it smells so bad (laughs) welcome to any any new listeners to be on the moment We would like to compare this podcast to changing a diaper. Hello. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> it is good to be back with you. Um, happy 2023. I know we're in February, but we haven't been. We took a break um, to plan out the uh, podcast year ahead and interviews and all the things. So for us, this is the first episode back of the new year. So happy new year, everybody. Happy new year everybody's like this we're in mid-February we've already given up on our new year's resolutions we don't care anymore (laughs) that joined the team (laughs) did you make a new year's resolution this year um not to kill my children (laughs) that's just my standing resolution since Josie hit preteen age so far she I would like to report that she's hanging in there guys I keep it every year guys <laughs> so far she's she's got it down uh, I decided that this year I was not going to make like one big resolution that I was going to make small resolutions that really don't mean anything but they mean something to me <laughs> so that makes I sense I decided you know obviously if they uh, mean something to you then they mean something it, that's right um, but then y'all are going to hear this and think what in the world, this is what, this is her goals. Yes. Cause this is at the point in my life. Um, um, I'll be, uh, 36 soon. So I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm approaching sort of that, dare I say middle age part. Okay. I know, don't, I know you're rolling your eyes at me, but I feel like there's just some things I thought, you know, I'm, I'm getting at that point in my life where I'm trying to like, that we're really, we're settling. Right. And so these are the resolutions I made for myself. <laughs> I decided obviously healthy eating, water intake, all the things that's on my list every year. Um, I decided that this year was the year that I was going to redo my bedroom. <laughs> I decided. I think that's a solid one. You, you can you can put a check in that box. Thank you. I was like, this is the year that I am going to get some really nice bedding. I'm going to really like read. I'm going to make this space like so serene. Now, has any of that happened yet? No, <laughs> but we're only February. So I still got some time, right? <laughs> I'm kind of like, I, I'm on board for it. But then again, I'm like, you have a like one and a half year old. You haven't yeah. gotten past the stage of them peeing and puking in your own bed. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm. I just don't know. That might be a premature uh-huh yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of what happens is that's where I get stuck. Cause I'm like, I don't know, like, you know, we're still in that time, but that's like the little stuff that I was like, I'm going to do stuff like that. That makes me happy. I'm going to find a plant that I can put in my house this year that I can't kill. I was like, I'm going to do little things like that, that uh, are, you know, silly, but like that, that make me happy. I'm going to declutter, you know, my home and like, you know, things like that, that I'm like, that really does it really, I mean, I I laugh, but it really does make a difference in terms of, you know, mental health and sort of Mm -hmm. how you feel when you walk into your space and all the things. So I decided I was going to make little changes like that. Um, Like one of the things I decided I was going to do was I was going to get a skincare uh, regimen down that works for me. So all I'm saying is that, that maybe was a real re- New Year's resolution, an unspoken one for me too. I, I actually started using moisturizer. I was I'm like, so proud of you. Your face looks like a piece of sandpaper. Let's try it to does not. that. It so. does not. But you know, you know what I say. They say, and by they, I mean uh, researchers and the people of the World Wide Web. Um, say moisturizer, it's moisturizer and it's SPF that really is what, that's what your skin needs from, you know, have good skin. So I'm proud of you and water and water. Yes. You know, if our, if our bodies needed tiny goldfish swimming in them to survive, (laughs) I would not have enough water for my goldfish to live. You're not a big water drinker. I used to be. It's like last, last year at some point. I just said, no, I, I'm, I'm done drinking 300 gallons of water a day. I'm, what I'm you, tired what of walking around with this bottle. So, um, but I need to, I need to uh, have more positive self-talk and have a talk with myself about that. Cause it's well, not good. 2023 goals. You still got plenty of time. Listen, we got some time. I'm going, I'm going to put it on my door. Keep your goldfish alive. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? If you don't drink water, coffee, I know coffee. <laughs> um maybe Dr. Pepper. I was I was about to say Dr. Pepper. That's gonna be my next guest. And then um let's see. Do you like lemonade? You're not a big lemonade person, are you? Actually, I do drink when we're at home, we don't have soft drinks. So um I drink um sparkling water. Yeah, I'm not a green snob, but I do like limoncello flavored. Mm. I haven't been able to get on the sparkling water kick. I've tried them. I just can't. And I, I feel like I'm not cool because I feel like I, I feel like I should be cool. Well, they don't taste good. Like, don't let anybody fool you. They do not taste good. But I don't think I, they do either. I, what I need is the fizz. Yeah, yeah. And there are some flavors of fizz that I don't detest. Yeah. As much as others. Yeah. When you need a little something else to make it kind of feel like it, you're drinking a, a soda or something carbonated. Right. I get that. Well, I think this is fitting for what we're talking about today, because what we're kicking off um, our episodes with is talking about change and how do we really enact change in our life? What does, you know, what is even making small changes, really small changes that lead to big impact look like? Um, so that's what we're, I think it's really fitting for us to talk about sort of what our, our goals and stuff are for the year, because that's what we're talking about, things that we sort of, that we want to change in a lot of ways. Are you someone who like, do you like change? Are you someone who's like, I can't, I, I'm good with change. I'm ready for it anytime. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. Are you someone who's like, I, I don't like change. Um, I'm a, I'm a, a weird combo. I like change. I don't like things to be the same all the time. If I like definitely quarantine almost drove me out of my mind. I like to, to, yeah. I like 
to vary my surroundings. But I do find, um, especially as I am solidly in middle age, thank you for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> I knew we were going to circle back to it. <laughs> I have I have developed certain routines. And if I get outside of those routines, then things mess up. Yeah. So it's not that I, I don't like change. It's just that um, I guess maybe I don't adapt to it as well. Like if, if I need to, let's say, I need to go to the grocery store after I pick Josie up from school, you know, mm-hmm. that may or may not happen. I know I need to do it. It's a change that needs to happen or I'll go to the grocery store and I won't pick Josie up. That would, that would be more the case with me. <laughs> so it's like, I have to, if I have something that's outside of my routine, I have to keep telling myself that I need to do it to mm-hmm. get it done. And then I forget something that is in the routine. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of similar. I mean, I generally should say like, oh, I don't like change. I don't like change. Like, and and I think for the most part, because I am probably a creature of comfort, like I, I am, I'm not driven towards wanting to change, which we'll talk about in this episode a little bit, but, um, but I'm kind of like you in that I, I, what I like is my routines. I'm a very routine minded person. I think as I've gotten older, that's probably like you said, I'm, I think that I've kind of been more apt to do that. I'm less fly by the seat of my pants. And yet at the same time, I, I want to be someone who flies by the seat of her pants, <laughs> but I'd like it to be a planned flyby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I want to think I'm 22, but I have to, um, live by quite a few more years beyond that um yep. routines yes but I will say I think these last several years like I I think I used to be someone who was very closed off to change um these last several years of just my own personal life just going through a lot of you know just different trials and um you know obviously just even even through grief and and just losing um you know losing my mom losing my grandparents all very close together everything just changed for me instantly and so I, I think what I have learned to do is to adapt more to change because I have learned how um, fleeting quickly things can change. Yes, how quickly things can change. And so I think what I've learned about change is how loosely to hold on to things now. Like I think I used to hold so tightly to my um, traditions or routines or, you know, just everything like that. And I think that, and and like you even said, like going through um, COVID and, and shutdowns and all of that, like just, I think a lot of that drastically altered a lot of us, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and how we saw change and how we adapted to change and all of that. So, um, I, I think, it, I think it's a very similar thing. And I think a lot of us are probably like that. Um, I think we probably, our first defense is, um, not all of us, but a good portion of us don't, go towards change you know a lot of us are like oh my gosh yes everything is changing that feels so good you know (laughs) I think a lot of times it's like our first what I want today is for my whole life to be different exactly exactly our our first defense you know comes to like oh no that's different you know which I think um as you and I talked about too like I think it's so interesting I know you're going to talk a little bit about this too today um I did sort of a deep dive. Um, we did a, a leadership luncheon on change um, this this past week. And, you know, I'm such a neuroscience nerd. I think the brain is fascinating to study. And um, I think when we're looking at change, I think it's really interesting to look at even how our brains process change and exactly why it is that we resist change, you know, so much. You've taught us that change equals stress. 
Yes. In fact, psychologists measure stress in units of change. Isn't that mm. crazy? In yeah. units of change. Interesting. So one, like if, a, if you're going through a psychological evaluation, a lot of them will have all these questions. <laughs> I made it just sound like I go through a lot of psychological <laughs> evaluations. Have you um, did, no judgment. <laughs> But um, like, it'll be, have you moved in the last year? Have you had a death in the family in the last year? Have you had a divorce? It's like, have you had a new child? Have you bought a house, a car? Like, yeah. it's all these things. And some of them are good things even, but because it's change, our body, our body registers it as stress. Yeah. I think, I think that's so fascinating and I can totally see that being accurate. It's interesting to me. Um, I, I read a statistic and I shared this in the luncheon the other day that um, and I, I don't know. I'm just interested to hear your thoughts about this. The average, ex- the average person is exposed to enough bad information, like experiences, influences, you know, things that happen to us in our life by the age of six yes! to tarnish, to tarnish yeah, our belief right? system. Is that not why? Like, I mean, that we're exposed to enough things by the age of six that it, it alters the way that we deal with change. We accept change. And it, I mean, it, cause what it is, is it's influencing. How do we see the world? How do we view God? What's that? What does that relationship look like? You know, what it's is all about formation? You're forming yourself and, and, and exactly. it makes, it makes sense. Like, because they tell us that by the age of four children identify themselves as churchgoers or not. Wow. Yeah. By the age of four, but it is crazy to think that m- perhaps before a c- kid can tie their shoes, they have developed fully, well, not fully yeah. developed, but really have a, a sound mm-hmm. stress reaction yeah. to change. I think that's fascinating. Like, and it, and it makes a lot of sense and, and we won't necessarily, you know, have time to like deep dive into this necessarily today, but when you add elements in there and and then we start to look at elements of trauma and all of those things that, that have such a a great impact on our brain development, uh, you know, like, um, uh, meaning as as children, I mean, it, it makes sense. And, um, and there's also a part of me that, that it makes me so sad that it's that young that, that we have formed sort of the way that we see the world and how willing we are going to be to change, you know, because of that. Well, you know, and some people from, you know, birth are more, more apt to change and some are more apt to want the same. Yeah. For Josie, she used to wake, as soon as she could, should, could talk well, she would wake up, I go get her out of her bed or crib and she'd say, where are we going today? (laughs) (laughs) She's ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. But Phoebe, I remember the first time we took her to the doctor's office after she was born she cried pretty much the whole way there and the whole way back. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we walked through the doors of our house, as soon as we walked through, she took a deep breath and stopped crying. Oh, she like wants to be home. Yeah. To be with her people. She wants all of her people surrounding her. She wants yeah. like, if, if we could all live in a compound together, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, Phoebe would have us wearing the purple hoods. <laughs> I, I I am Phoebe. Phoebe is my soul sister. I, I'm I, I tend to gravitate like that of wanting to be home and around my people because and it's interesting and you're so right. We are all wired so differently, but because that is what is so familiar in in our brains, that is that comfort that we that we 
have. And yeah, I think that's, that's very interesting to look at. Um, let, can we deep dive a little bit on the neuroscience behind change? Can you let me, will you let me nerd out for a second and deep dive on this? Do it. Okay, here we go. This is what I think is interesting about when we're talking about how our brains process change. And I think too, like you and I, like listening yesterday to you, we have some, like I had written down some of the same things that you brought up yesterday. So I think like we, we are, we are similar in our nerdism. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I, I do. I think it's fascinating because I think we, we just, it allows us to better understand ourselves the way that God created us and wired us. And I think it's just, um, a nod back to his, uh, his creativity and just geniusness in the way that he created us, that, that this is how our brains uh, would be wired. So um, I do think it's interesting. And we were talking about this not long ago about like the, like the older that we get, the harder it is for us to change. And that's not just like a funny saying that we say, or that we make fun of, or even in our churches, you know, when we say, well, it's like, you know, oh, we're older, we're set in our ways. That's actually scientifically proven to be the the case because what happens is our brains are trained, you know, to go towards the familiar. So, mm-hmm. you know, the older we get, the more we're used to doing that. We were just talking about this with in terms of our routine. The the more that the older we get, the more um, ingrained our routines become, our ways of thinking, our traditions, all the things, and our brain gets used to that. And then you bring in change, some element of change into it, and your brain literally. Uh, you know, it, it it fires that amygdala, which is that sort of fear-based response. It's that fight or flight, you know, um, response. It, it's the same thing that triggers when, when we get angry, right? It's that, it's not, we're not thinking in our logical brain at that point. That is our, when you we know. undecorate the Christmas tree. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is our undecorate the Christmas tree. That is our mom yelling, you know, just uh, go off on everybody type of, th- you know, brain thing, because we're not operating in that logical place. And so change is, is fired by the same neurons in our brain, which I think is so, so interesting. And so when you look at something like wanting to change, you know, change your diet, change, um, you know, learning a new task, learning a new skill, learning a new hobby, it all becomes harder and harder for us as we age, because it's all unfamiliar to our brain. Now, does that mean that we can't do it? Absolutely not our brains, the cool thing about it is that it can be, our brains can be rewired. I mean, that is Romans 12 too. That is the transforming of our minds, right? When it talks about, do not conform to the pattern of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That scripture mm-hmm. is not by accident. And I think, especially I've noticed these last couple of years, even with my own, just walk with the Lord and just, I, you know, the ways that I have uh, needed to shift my mindset, you know, towards a, um, and I've always considered myself a positive person, but having, but, but needing some, oh, really? of a, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> does that surprise you? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. I'm always positive. Becca. What are you talking about? Now? I'm a joy. <laughs> I'm a bottle of sunshine. Delight. I'm just a delight. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you, I see that the older I've gotten the, um, more, I'm going to say the realistic side of me <laughs> comes in with things, or uh, I guess you could use the word cynical in some ways. And so I've really had to look at the ways that I view change and the mindset and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting to look at the way that our brains actually do process change because it processes change as a threat in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is why it's it's hard for us to make changes. You know, like this time of year, a lot of times we start off so strong with goals and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And um, what happens is we're, <clears throat> we're really trying to enact change that's not sustainable because we're trying to throw too much at our brains at one time, you know? I thought it was interesting that uh, there was this doctor um, that was interviewed, Dr. Sanam Hafiz, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. was. Yep. Mm -hmm. and he compared the computer, uh, the yep. brain to a computer. Yeah. And it says, um, you know, the more you do something, the more it becomes ingrained in your neural pathways. And basically that's a way of saying that your, your brain doesn't have to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And your brain just doesn't want to think about it. I was like, I believe that about my brain. I just don't want to think about it. It's, mm -hmm. it, it, it likes for things to be as simple as it can be. And when you put a change in there, it has to think about it. And it doesn't, it doesn't like that. It likes to save its energy. Mm -hmm. But then also it said, um, the more you do something more ingrained, it becomes in your neural pathways, much like how computer stores sites that you visit. When mm -hmm. you log on to your browser, they will pop up because you use them a lot. Yeah. And um and it and so my question that I think I have for you know the five people that are listening is <laughs> what pops up for you when you log in? Like mm -hmm. when you wake up in the morning or you can't go to sleep at night because your <laughs> brain won't stop, which you know is can be definitely an issue for for yeah. moms yeah. <laughs> at least for me I mean what is it what is it that is automatically popping up what what are the browsers that open up in your brain um, mm -hmm. and do we need to change some of those browsers how do we change those those browsers that pop up that is one of the things that we have to think about is like if you wouldn't have these pop-ups on your browser on your computer how do we get rid of the pop, the negative pop-ups in our brains? Yeah. And, um, and I think what you and I, we're going to talk about this in the coming episodes. We're going to do some talk about mindset and body and, and readying all that to be on mission. So I, I think we're going to, uh, I think we'll be able to have some deeper dives about that, which is awesome. Cause I think there's a lot of people who are like us that, you know, really do still struggle with that. And you know, what's interesting about change and even like you talking about the brain like that. When um, we're looking at uh, a lot of the psychology and research behind it, there's this uh, idea called the one degree principle. Have you heard of that before? Where it's like, basically the idea is it's it's out of, uh, it's a UCLA behavioral scientist, Dr. Robert Marr, who, who did a lot of research on this. And um, what it is, is that because our brain really responds to change as a threat, it's that it's this idea that you make a change in your life that is so small that it really goes undetected by the brain. So your brain doesn't pick up on it as a threat because it's such a small change. And then that allows you to implement that change and to sustain that change. Cause I think, I think we can make a lot of changes in our lives and, and a lot of them uh, and they're good changes, uh, but, but they don't last. And I think that's the key is like, we can implement change all the time in a lot of different ways. It's making the change last. That's the key. And so outsmart our brains. Yeah. Yes. And it really is kind of like that. It's almost like, uh, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's almost like outsmarting your brain. And so, um, I mean, I, I even use the example of like, you know, let's say I drink five sodas a day. Okay. And I mean, I don't drink five sodas a day, but like, if I did, let's say I want to, you know, drink more water. So it's like, instead of just go going cold Turkey and going, well, I'm just not going to have any more soda. I'm going straight to water and that's all I'm going to drink. 
Well, my brain is going to freak out about that because it is seeing like, this is such a drastic change from what I normally do. Right. Um, that it's going to, it's going to panic and it's going to, it's going to fire those neurons that are, that's like, this is different. This is different. This is scary. You know, like we're going to drink more, 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 yeah. drink 10 a day, 10, yeah. 10 a day. Yes. And so that's what it is. And so what, what that one degree principle would look like in this situation is, you know, uh, I sub out one soda for a water a day. I do this for a little bit and then I sub out two, you know, and, and go and so on and so forth. It's gradual change over time and distance, you know, and I can really see that. And I, I see that being the case with a, with a lot of things that we would want to change, whether that's in our personal lives, whether it's in our churches, um, you know, even organizations that we work for or businesses or corporations like, you know, this is um, when you look at even the psychology behind this, it does make a lot of sense because you're not uh, your brain's not threatened by it. So it's more likely to really implement that change. So I don't know. I think that's really fascinating to look at, too. Um, that it's almost like your brain would not even detect that because it's such a small change and it's easier for you to implement because it's really a smaller goal, you know? Yeah. So, so, so you're going to break down change into um, the technical term, I think is more manageable chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could, you know, instead of drinking more water, you could water down your Dr. Pepper and then you wouldn't like the taste of it and you're training <laughs> your brain that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could. Yeah. And your goldfish still wouldn't live. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, I even think about, we have stairs in our building, right? The building that we were in previously, we had no stairs. We could just we would walk in, right? Well, the building we have in now, we're up on the second floor. So, um, you know, whereas I might be prone to take the elevator every day, what I've started doing is I will take the stairs. Now that, you know, that's really a micro change because it's just a new way to get to my office, Right. So my brain's not really freaking out about that, you know, now if I was, you know, uh, going to decide right now, oh, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. Well, that's too big of a goal, a too drastic of a change for my body. Lord, isn't it? Um, that's too big of a change. Yeah. My body, my, my brain would go, uh-uh, uh-uh, we're shutting down, you know, um, even like declutter, you know, decluttering my, my house. I mean, if I go around my house right now and I look at, oh my gosh, this needs to go and I need to get rid of this and I need to organize this and like, um, you know, all of that, that, that's, it's too much for my brain to process. But if I break it down into something that's smaller, like I'm just going to do this one drawer or I'm going to do it in 10 minute increments. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to straighten a shelf for 10 minutes. I'm going to organize, you know, a cabinet for 10 minutes. That's more achievable and it's more likely to really implement that, that change, you know, like, and I think, I mean, we, we can apply that same principle to most anything that we would come across. And I think that too, like one of, one thing that our, our brain likes is celebration. It okay. likes reward. So like treat yourself, when we, <laughs> treat yourself. Uh, but when we break it down into small things um, that are easily achievable, then we, then it's kind of like a, a tiny reward. And, and, and so it, maybe our brain starts figuring that out. I don't know. I don't know how long we can keep this a secret from our brains, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but I think like when our body associates reward with it, then that helps. And I, and, you know, that's one of the things that a lot of um, the doctors and things say, you know, med break it down in achievable chunks in a short time frame, yep. and, um, you know, give yourself uh, measure your performance it's mm -hmm. like one of the things that they'll say is like, you know, um, check in with yourself 
am I, am I doing this okay? Is Do I need to break it down into a smaller mm -hmm. chunk? You know, that right. thing. But then it says, um, uh, celebrate victories is one of the things. And and I thought, well, yeah, you know, you want to, you know, I, I, I stayed on my diet, you know, for, for 30 minutes. I need a candy bar for that. You know, food should not be a reward. But if you think about it, like sometimes we tell ourselves we don't need this part. We don't need the reward part. Yeah. But you really do. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise your brain doesn't have an incentive. What exactly. you need to give your brain is an incentive that is measurable right now. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about like in, in Las Vegas, you know, the slot machines. Mm -hmm. Why do people keep playing even though, though they're losing? Because in one out of 50 times, mm -hmm. you're going to get a little bit and it's right. enough of a reward to keep, yep. to keep sitting there and keep trying. Yes. Um, it, it, your, your brain is wired to do that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, make your brain a gambler, mm -hmm. you know, just give it that. <laughs> I, you're right though. I think, and I've, I've noticed we're not really big um, on celebrating. I think when we hit those small wins, when we get those, when we do reach those small goals, um, and I think, I think we're, you know, part of us is, is I think we're ingrained to think that's selfish of us to like, want to celebrate like, oh, I've done this. I finished this, you know, uh, I met this deadline at work or I did that, you know, um, or, and in, in, when you're talking about implementing change, especially like when you've, when you have implemented a change, it is essential part of that goal setting process and wanting to change that, that you, uh, do celebrate that stuff. I think that's a great point to make because it, and it does, it further reiterates and, and gives you um, the perseverance, I think, to keep going. And our churches need to do that too. I think, yes. you know, like, I mean, our, our, when we're looking at even implementing change in, in churches, I think a lot of times we can look at, well, there's just still so much work to do. You know, we're yeah. trying to do so many things. We're trying to implement so many changes. And, and so, you know, when, when we do implement something and it's working and it's effective, I think we need to celebrate that and, and take time to really have, you know, the church, the congregation, um, the people really celebrate uh, reaching part of those goals, you know, instead of looking and going, because there's always going to be something to change. There's always going to be something that we want to do differently, you know? So I think that's, and I think that we have to start too, though, like we say, we want to make a change, but start by asking yourself, why does this need to change? Like, yeah. what, why do I need to change? And, you know, um, I think so many times we're, we're driven by shame to mm -hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to lose weight because I look terrible and everybody knows that I'm fat, you know, and so often our rewards are too far down the road mm -hmm. or, or we're, our reward is I look better in comparison to this person, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and that is, um, negative awards or rewards are, are not good either. Like you think about the show biggest loser. I'm glad it's not on anymore. Or is it? I hope not. But, you know, these people would lose major weight. Mm -hmm. But at the end, if they hadn't lost as much as the next person, they were still a big loser. And mm -hmm. they were standing there in their underwear and mm -hmm. soccer slides, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I know. I know. I know what you mean. We, we, we just like we're, we're ingrained to beat ourselves up and compare yeah. and we have to make a change for the sake of ourselves and our health or our mental health, mm-hmm. um, a change for the good in relation to me, not in relation to others. A hundred percent. And I think you bring up a great point, which I think leads to a good, it's a question really that we have to ask ourselves. And, and I want to challenge our listeners who are, are listening to this. Is what you are seeking change or is it transformation? You know, and I, I think that is what you're talking about mm-hmm. is the difference between implementing implementing the strategy of change in your life, right? So implementing those things you want to change, but ultimately leading that to transformation, you know, transformation of your mind, your body, your, you know, what, whatever your mind, whatever it is that you are wanting, uh, wanting to change. And, the, and we could apply that, you know, the same thing to our, our churches as well. I mean, like, is, is it that we're wanting the change or are we wanting transformation? And that's what I have to continue to go back and ask myself because, and I told you, you know, the other day, like, I mean, I was this close to signing up for like an extremely restrictive diet, uh, plan the other day. Like I was ready to give my money over because, um, you know, diet culture, especially, and, but, and a lot of things they're good at creating buy-in. They're good at creating like this story, you know, of like getting, getting you sucked in. This is really what, this is what's going to change your life. This is the thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I was this close and I had to back away and ask myself, is this something that's sustainable for you long-term? I mean, sure you could do this and probably have success with it, but is this something that you're going to be able to sustain long-term? And then I had to tell myself, no, because I know myself and I wasn't going to implement those changes long-term. So I couldn't sustain you want bread. That's like my, my, um, yeah. Um, what am I trying to call it? The the, chiropractor. Mm -hmm. He he had all these questions for me because, you know, I came in and my hip felt like it was walking in a different direction than the rest of my body. And, um, he had all these questions and he was like, one of the questions was, uh, do you get migraines? And I was like, oh yes, they are my, one of my oldest, bestest friends. And he was like, you need to stop eating eggs. And I was like, that is such a, if I cannot have migraines by not eating eggs. And then I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't eat eggs very often. You know what? Mm-hmm. What? And then I was like, oh, wait, but tortillas have eggs and all of these other things. Every bread in the world has eggs. I was like, I'll just have a headache. (laughs) Uh, Second thought doc. I think I'll do. Yeah. I was like, I don't eat like a lot of deviled eggs or scrambled. I know, but like, I I get what you're saying. It's like, and that's what happens with me. A lot of times is I will get, man, I'm on board with something in a heartbeat. I'm like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. But when I really backtrack and take a step back and I go, is this realistic for me? Like, yeah. is this realistic in the season of life that I, that I am in? And, and I, I think the thing that is hard for us truly, and um, it is that true lasting change. It takes time. And we live in a culture and in a world that is, it wants instant gratification, man. I want to drop this weight like tomorrow done. You know, um, I want to implement this change like that. You know, I want this to be changed I want that. And so we live in this culture where we're so inundated with instant gratification of things that when we want to truly change and transform something, whether it's, you know, something with our body or job or mind, or, I mean, like family, I mean, anything, our spiritual walk, like our relationship with the Lord, like you know, whatever it is, like that truly does take time. It takes one step 
at a time. And I think that's hard for us because we are just generally impatient with transformation. You know, I mean, we're, we're impatient with change because we want it done today and we want it done perfectly. And that's the thing about change too, is like, we have to be realistic about the change we're wanting to make the goals that we're setting, like you're saying, because that mindset, you, it comes back to like, well, if I try to implement this for a little bit and it doesn't work, then I guess I'm out. It didn't work. You know, I'm done. Yeah. And that's and not realistic, you know? Like, I think a lot of us think about this in terms of physical change, but the same is true for spiritual change. Yes. Um, chances of you reading six, six chapters a day on a regular basis. Exactly. Yeah. It's probably not awesome. Um. So how do I make a small change with that? Well, yes, you can read mm-hmm. a chapter a day, or you can read one chapter of the New Testament, one chapter out of the Old Testament and the Psalm, something like that. That's more manageable. Mm-hmm. Or you can also help your yourself have other ways of getting the gospel. Right. Like maybe you listen to it on the way to work. You know, your brain doesn't even realize that, you know, it's not a podcast, you know, Um, so, so, you know, you break it, break it down in other ways, um, come at it from different angles Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, feeling like you've got to come at it like a steamroller, you know, exactly. Um, And so just like in review, like, let's talk about what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about breaking down in those small chunks, but let me just start from, from the, from the beginning. First, we got to know why, why we want this change. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really need to lose weight or do I just need to be healthy? Like, what is, what is our motivator? Do I, you know, do I really have to read the whole Bible through in a year or, mm-hmm. or is that just an un, yep. unsuccessful yep. way of measuring, uh, what I, what I feel that I need to do? Yep. Um, yep. So, um, break down long-term goals into manageable chunks, like you said, mm-hmm. um, make it about yourself and not about yeah how others look, yeah. see, perceived. Um, but if it's like a work thing, sometimes measure yourself against what other people are doing and say, Hey, do I need to step it up? You know, mm-hmm. maybe your work goal, maybe you've got some work goals that are areas of improvement, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and kind of check in with yourself like that. So give yourself check-ins, um, pay attention to, to what you are doing. That was one of the things for me that I was like, yes, pay attention because subconsciously your body wants to revert back. Your brain wants to revert back to the old ways and you'll oh, start yeah. doing it without even realizing it. Oh yeah. Um, celebrate victories. Mm-hmm. And here's one that we have not talked about. Um, find alternative ways to reduce stress. Mm-hmm. If we think about our, like we've talked about thinking about it like a computer, but it also, um, if we think about it a, like a video game, you know, some of us have, were gamers growing up somewhat. I play some Marble Madness like hardcore. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> but if you think about it like a game, are you... Are you happy with being stuck at the same level again and again or getting killed in the same place again and again? Or or when you're playing that game, do you find other ways to go around the problem and and make it work? You know, so like stop getting killed in the same spot. Let's think about it. Let's think it through. Let's let's break it down. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and there's no magic bullet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, just remember that, that, that there's going to be failure. And that's when you, you're going to get killed in that spot on that level sometimes. And, and you play it again, you come at it from a different direction. Sometimes you just come at it with fresh eyes, yeah. you know? Yes. You think about when you're correcting a, um, a paper. Yeah. I did not see that I spelled mm-hmm. you know, knowledge, mm-hmm. N-O-W-G-E-L. Knowledge. <laughs> that's just the country way of spelling it. Knowledge. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I didn't know. see that the first five times I looked at it. <laughs> you're right though. And I, I think, and to, to add to what you're saying, um, I think this is where an accountability partner or someone that you can share what changes you're trying to make. I think that's what this could be helpful in. Um, you know, if you're wanting to read more scripture, if you're wanting to, you know, make some um, more healthy living changes, more, um, you know, healthier mental health practices. I mean, think whatever it is, I think this is where sharing that with someone and saying, Hey, like, I need you to check in with me. I need you to, you know, because it is going to be, get to a point where it is stressful and it's overwhelming and, and you need that help to sort of push you through, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a, one of the doctors said when performance is measured, performance improves when performance is measured and reported the rate of improvement accelerates so that when we're having those check-ins with someone else Mm -hmm. um, who wants the good for us too Mm -hmm. then you know that accountability is can really really help when um when i made a commitment uh to read through the bible in a year um uh I did it with a friend, my friend Ashton and I, that, that we, and we, we checked in, we have this thing usually like once a week where we would say, where are you at? And we were all, we did the same reading plan. And so, and there were times when I would fall behind and then, and she would come in and say, okay, you know, like you got to get back in it. Like, what are you going to do this week to, you know, get back in on your reading and catch up. And, and then, and then when she would fall behind, I would do the same thing. And I think it's, it's helpful because it's like you said, you want to see each other, succeed you want to see each other do well and you want to see each other um implement those those changes that you want to make to make your life better and to make your walk with the lord stronger and to make your faith stronger and to grow and and all of those pieces of the puzzle and so i think that's a great it's a great point um to enact that lasting change bring people in on that change with you you know right you know one of the things that happened with me i kind of fell off the weight loss boat was that that a change happened and that was I was running every day with my husband's cross-country team while they were running faster and longer I was doing my running you know and then they changed practice time and I couldn't run with them anymore and it's like I just said well, fine then, change that practice time. See if I care. See if I run anymore. <laughs> you know, I will sit on the couch. And, and you know, it just became okay. Because, but part of that was I was doing it with other people. Mm-hmm. And when I couldn't do it with them, mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to think of another way like that. I was also with my family because my family was running too, you know, like we were all together doing this together. And for me to find a separate time outside of my families that that was taking time away from family to do this, 
felt so selfish that eventually I just stopped doing it because I was like, I, it was such a change. I couldn't, I couldn't find that workaround. Mm -hmm. And there was one, Mm -hmm. you know, there was one, you know, I might not have, you know, a nice track to run on anymore, Mm -hmm. but I can, I can run around my neighborhood dirt road whatever you know it's not as nice but it's it's doable mm-hmm. um, and I think that's it too is and the thing is we're gonna life is is full of change it is inevitable right like you said we can get on a a certain pathway we're trying to change a certain aspect of our life and then something else happens in life and it just throws us off like it, we're almost guaranteed that that's going to happen to us and I would just encourage you, don't beat yourself up over that. You know, like when, when change happens to you, um, whether it's something that you have, you know, control over or you don't have control over it, like um, give yourself a lot of grace and kindness and know that, um, you know, some way you'll find your way back to get on course. And I think the thing when we're looking at this, even from a faith perspective is, um, it's so not about us, you know, like mm-hmm. I look, I have to go back to, you know, things change in our world every day, like mm-hmm. every second of every day. Um, but God is unchanging and his word is unchanging. And that is the firm foundation that we have to, to go back to. And he wants the best for us. And he wants the best for us. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's it. You know, change it is going to happen to us um, it will happen in our personal lives it will happen to us in our churches and some of that change we will gladly you know probably take on and some of it our you know our brains our minds we are going to go uh-uh, I want no part of that change and I think we just have to keep coming back to trusting God and whether that's a change in a life season um you know, a, a change in, in your mindset, a change in your church, you know, whatever that is, like, we just, we have to trust that God's plans are are good and that, um, and that he, if he's bringing us to something or if, or if he's prompting us to change something about ourselves, um, you know, maybe there's a certain area of our life that is, that it, it's a sin area that we really need to pay attention to and work through. Like, I mean, I've had those times happen where I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I got to work on that. I think we have to keep going back to acknowledge, acknowledging um, his holiness in that and just trusting in him. And I mean, I mean, Hebrews 13, 8 is so fitting, I think, for what we're talking about. And that's Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. I mean, we're going to change. Life circumstances are going to change. Churches are going to, ch- you know, church programming, all the things, things are going to change all the time but God is unchanging, you know, and that's just what I have to keep coming back. Um, that's the foundation that I have to to rest on. And that alone, uh, makes it less scary because it's not in my hands, you know, it's completely in his. I mean, I think if we just uh, reworked first Peter five, seven, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for us, like cast all your change on him. Yeah. Yeah. Like he can, he can work it. He, he, through it with us yeah um and that we we need him in in every kind of change we need him every step of the process absolutely absolutely well i hope that this has been a helpful conversation for you friends and um, we're super super excited about the episodes that we've got coming up for you in the spring Um, i think this is going to be a good parallel into what we'll get into over the next couple episodes and so um 
we are just really thankful that you're here with us. Thankful that you listen and um, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye friends. Bye everybody.